Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. bouncing acts and the more things you add the more challenging it can become if you're already a parent or a guardian you know how busy child rearing is but then when you decide to homeschool you're layering on a whole new set of responsibilities can you juggle work with this too whether you're working full-time part-time or just volunteering a few hours a week can it be done well we are here today to tell you yes it can be and you can succeed i am sunny sunlight's community manager and a sunlight mom of two and joining me are Tender and Jen. Let's start with some introductions. Tender, do you want to go first? Sure. Thanks, Sunny. Um, I am a homeschooling mom, and I've been homeschooling for, I believe, um, this is my 14th year homeschooling. So I have my oldest is a freshman in college, and then I have two high schoolers and one in middle school. And about that whole time we've been homeschooling, that we've been homeschooling, I've also been working. So before kids, I was a um, computer programmer and project manager. And so when I transitioned to um, homeschooling and when my kids were really young, it, that enabled me to kind of work from home and do project-based work. And a lot of times when they were small, I would do work in the evenings when I put them to bed or I would do it during nap time in the afternoon, I could squeeze some work in now um, that they are older. And I usually with what I'm working on, I will have do mornings work best for us squeezing in our school. And I get a lot done in the morning, and then I will work some in the afternoon. So I've been able to kind of do part time for many, many years and kind of and do project based consulting. And so that's kind of what I've done off and on all these years. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Jen, you want to tell us a little bit more about you? Sure. Um, I am a homeschool mom of four. I have two graduated and one in high school um, and one in middle school right now. Um, this is my 21st year of homeschooling, all using sunlight. Um, for many years, I was a stay-at-home mom. And um, then I found myself single and needing to work. And the most stable educational thing I could do for my kids was continue to homeschool. And my older ones um, were on board with that. And so we made it work. I am now remarried and still homeschooling. And so we've kind of had it a lot of different ways and faced a lot of different challenges. Um, I have been even when I have had to work full-time, I have been doing it on a part-time basis. So some working from home and some working a few hours at a time out of the house. And so, um, yeah, it's not the standard homeschooling story, but, uh, you know, between um, just the desire and the cooperation from my kids, we have always made it work. Thank you. And this is a topic I'm extremely passionate about because I've also always worked while homeschooling. Um, When I started, I was working kind of unconventional hours. So it gave me the idea that, oh, I can homeschool. Um, But I went back to traditional working hours about five years ago and knew at that point I did not want to give up homeschooling. So it was something that, like you said, Jen, I I made it work and we figured it out. Um, And I think up until 2020, a lot of people didn't realize you could do both. Um, Yeah, until we saw, you know, the huge influx of remote workers and schools being closed and things like that, people didn't even consider that an option, I don't think, if they were working most of the time. Um, But now people have begun to realize that's possible. Um, They don't quite know how to make it work in their home. So let's help them figure it out, uh, whether you are working and considering homeschooling or you're homeschooling and considering going back to work and and trying to figure this out. We We would love to help you all. So I think it's really important when you choose to homeschool to have a reason for why you want to homeschool anyway, but why would you consider homeschooling and working at the same time? Well, I think uh, we had touched on it earlier before recording that it's, you know, and 
in my value system and outlook on life, it's the best education possible I can give my child. And plus it's to me, it still allows, even though I'm working from home, I still can um, make the most of my time with my kids. I love being with my kids. And so even more, I mean, we have a lot high as, um, academic aspirations, but more than that, I want that they have quality time with me and memories that are going to be made that are going to far outweigh the academic benefits in their um, in their growing up years that they'll look back and say, oh, we spent so much fun time together. We learned together. We um, made so many connections with the good books that we've read. And that just gives them real good um, childhood memories that they get to look back on. I agree with every single thing Tender said. I would add to that. If the question is, why would we consider working and homeschooling? Um, sometimes you need the money. Like, right. even though I choose to, for whatever reason, academic, medical, emotional, military, whatever, homeschool my children, I may also need to put bread on the table. And that's a valid reason. I mean, it's not like a romantic reason that people write about in that case, but there it is. Sometimes yeah. there is no choice other than for the homeschooling person to also be making money. And while I have loved homeschooling as a career, didn't make me much money. So that, I mean, you know, that is really what it came down to for me. Also for, even for the stay at home mom, it is really, really smart for a lot of people to choose to keep their foot in whatever their career is going to be. Um, Tender and I have been homeschooling together for a long time, even though we're very far apart. And I know that when she graduates that last kid and is like, I am back in the workforce, she is going to have a very easy time of it because she has been working this entire time. And for people who even got a degree in their 20s, stopped and had all their babies, homeschooled them for a million years, you look at going back and it is overwhelming and intimidating if you have not kept a foot in the door. So that might be another reason. Yeah, that's such a true point. Um, and I agree with what you guys said as well. Um, also, for me personally, I found I was very much the high achieving student. And when I thought about giving up work to be a stay-at-home mom and homeschool, I did not love that idea. I wanted to homeschool, but I did not see myself being a stay-at-home mom. I needed something that, a place where I could achieve and grow personally. And for me, work has kind of filled that bucket, that need to do things that are not tied to my husband, not tied to my kids, you know, kind of my own place in life to succeed. Um, so I think it does very much depend on your personality and, you know, what fills your bucket that way. Um, and so for me, yeah, keeping my foot in the workforce was important, but more for my own mental well-being of knowing that I could achieve things and accomplish things. And, you know, not that homeschooling my children has not been a big achievement or accomplishment as well, but it just gives me that separate outlet and that place, you know, where I'm surrounded by adults and, and getting to do my own thing. Um, but like you ladies said, you know, I also believe that educating your children at home is probably the best education option for most children. Not always all parents, but most children, I think, can benefit from being homeschooled. And I know in our house, it's definitely, we have seen so many benefits from it. Um, and so that was something I didn't want to let go of. So we had to figure out how to make it work um, and do both in our house. So let's talk about the scheduling. Um, obviously, if you are working, that's a big time commitment. If you're homeschooling, that's a big time commitment. So how do you fit everything in? Well, the great thing about homeschooling is that it's not on a schedule. Like if you have to work, your employer may well tell you what time you will be there and what time you will leave. But in my homeschooling world, um, you know, I can start at seven o'clock in the afternoon, you know, uh, or in the evening. I, you do not need to school from eight to three every day. You just don't. Um, the number of nights I am still doing schoolwork or reading or um, right now it's government homework and statistics with my high schooler at 10, 11 o'clock at night. I mean, but I have night owls. And so 11 o'clock at night can be a very productive moment because the world is quiet. The house is quiet. And like that kid feels like she can have my full attention. And so 
it works. We've had seasons where I worked first thing in the morning. And so I would come home at 11 o'clock in the morning, having done all of my paid work. And then we would hit the ground running homeschooling, um, you know, and then other days, 11 o'clock at night, we're still going. Yeah, I agree that you can, it's so nice that homeschooling is flexible, that you can make it work. I mean, even if you have to, you know, do some catch up or do something on a weekend that would not, you know, be a normal school day, you can fit that to your schedule. And, you know, for me, I've kind of worked in the afternoons or the evenings. So I would flip and I would just make sure we were up and at them in the morning first thing and that we would um, read together and get our schoolwork done and they would kind of get lined out and then be able to work independent of me um, as the afternoon rolled in and finish up their work. So, you know, you can just really tailor, um, make that work to your benefit on whatever your schedule might look at. Like, like Jen was saying, if she works in the mornings and they school in the afternoon or me, vice versa, if we school in the mornings and then work, I work in the afternoons, you, it, you can really, um, set it to your schedule. And I, you know, I think the really thing is to, it does require being a little more organized, being put it, having some thought on how to structure my day. Now it doesn't mean I'm not, I am not a structured person that says at eight o'clock in the morning, we are always going to do our history Bible literature. First thing we might flip it up sometimes and say, Oh, let's do math first or something else. But I will at least have a general idea of these are our schooling hours. And, you know, and I have an idea of, you know, if I, I need to prep or know what's going to happen in the afternoon to keep my kids working independently now um, as older, you know, or what we're going to do for dinner. So I do think that it requires a little bit more of pre-thought of this is what we're going to do to make this schedule work and everything smooth. Yeah. I was going to say also kind of setting boundaries too, whether it be with your employer. I know um, when the whole world went remote, I noticed I was getting pinged later and later at night because more people were also working at home. Um, so it was not like the days before where I was the only one at home and people would leave their office and leave their work there. And, you know, I would be on to school with my kids like you, Jen, we're night owls. And so we do school at the end of the day and often right up until bedtime. And so I had to start setting boundaries with my employer of you cannot call me at night. Like this is my time. I worked for you all day. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or with your kids too. I mean, if you have young kids, it might be harder to do this if you, especially if you are working at home and you're with them. Um, I've been remote for the last five-ish years and my kids were younger when I started that. So we really had to work on when the door is shut, don't come in. If you hear me talking to someone, don't come in, you know, and I will be with you in just a moment. And, you know, doing kind of those check-ins with the kids throughout the day of, okay, do you need help with your math or what are you working on that you need help with right now? <laughs> and and I, have found it, I have found it way easier to train my children to that than my cat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Remus's tail earlier. It's because he's like, oh, we're doing a video. I'll come. But like, if I shut the door, then they bang on the door, no matter what side of the door they're on. So I have to leave the door cracked to just cat with. And so they feel free to come in and like wag their little tails. And I'm whatever. It's a Zoom world now. Sometimes kitty tails is what you get. I was going to say before that to, to build on what Tender said, um, I have always said to my kids, a rainy Saturday in February is worth a sunny day in June. Mm -hmm. If we are home and we are free and we have the time to like, we're not, there's nothing planned or the weather wrecked our, you know, Saturday, whatever, let's do some school because that's one more day that's done. And we weren't like, mm -hmm. we need to use the time we have. And I think that's really my biggest piece of advice is whatever the time you have is. If you are 5 a.m. people, if you are 10 p.m. people, if you are Saturday people, whatever. If you use the time you have, you can make it work. If you have this idea that school happens Monday to Friday, eight to three, it's gonna be really tough to get your head around how to get it all done. Yes, and we do have lots of hours in the day. Sometimes it just means, you know, structuring on, okay, I'm not going to binge Netflix in the evening, I'm going to turn that kind of stuff off. And instead I'm going to snuggle on the couch and we're going to read some really good books together. So, um, you know, there is some give and take, but I, we still have lots of things that it's like, it's not really going to matter 
if I watched this episode or did this, um, you know, that I can lay that aside for now and we're going to focus and do something a little bit different with that time. So I think um, you do have lots of time. You just kind of have to think about how am I using my time and you can give up things that aren't really going to matter. You know, how much time did you, were you on social media? We do, we, as a society these days, we spend lots of time on things that we can cut that out or at least decrease dramatically. And you can have a lot of time to devote to something else. Yeah, that is so true. Um, and I think also remembering that you don't have to do your entire school day all at once. Um, I think sometimes people might look at their IG and be like, okay, I have to do all these things, you know, fit it in where you can tender, like you said, in, in place of Netflix time, or, you know, if you are an early person and want to get started at 5am and do, you know, a few things. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more too about helping your kids be independent as well with what they can do. Um, but yeah, I think squeezing it in where you can, Saturday afternoon is kind of our catch up day on, did we not get to the science experiment or you know some of the longer things um, because then we are home and none of us are working and then we have more time to do those things. Um, and I think it's kind of a stereotype, but when people think of homeschool teachers, they often think of the mom sitting there with her children gathered around all day. But can other people make good homeschool teachers? Can the dad be the teacher? Can a grandparent be the teacher? You know, does it just have to be the mom home educating? Uh, I think dads make amazing homeschool teachers. I know several of them who are um, full-time homeschooling and they do a fantastic job. Um, also in my experience, I am okay. Full disclosure. I am not the fun mom. I am the efficient mom. If you want the event to run in an organized fashion, I'm your girl. If you want it to be sparkly and decorated and have every kid think it was the funnest night of their life. I, I am not your girl. So <laughs> I am not a fun mom. I'm just, I'm not, um, my experience of homeschool dads is that they're fun dads. They're the ones yeah. who do all the awesome voices in the book and they're willing to dissect the fish just because there was a fish today. And they're, you know, like they're so willing to go outside of my box that I, I highly recommend letting, even if you're not trying to schedule and work and do a crazy life, like totally let the dad in. They bring so much to the table. Yes. I so enjoyed using, um, and would ask, you know, my husband, Rob, I was like, would you mind when they were younger, if I saved the read aloud and would you do after dinner? And that let me like either have some time to go work or I could catch up on dishes or laundry or do something. And then he got quality time with the kids. And, and like Jen says, you know, he brings along the fun voices and the and it's fun to be with dad. And, and you're also sharing in those building of memories and connections with dad reading out loud to you and not just mom being always the one um, reading a good book to everybody. And so I really, we did a lot of that when they were younger. And then as my work has changed and they are older, um, there have been times that I'm gone a couple of days. And so at, my husband has taken off work. He has more vacation built up. And so he'll take off and he'll cover for me and I can leave. It's so that's what I've always loved about sunlight and what I've used sunlight all of our homeschooling as well is that I can have a schedule and my husband has stepped in, taken a day off of work if I was going to be gone for work. And he would cover and be able to school continued seamlessly for my children, even though the teacher was, you know, the main teacher was not present. Dad stepped in and he could do it. And he felt he was fine and capable and confident because he had, you know, oh, you here's the book. Here is the pages that you read and you just go down, you know, and it's very easy to follow. And even my mom has stepped in for me if my if Rob um, couldn't step in and take a day off at work, then my mom would say, oh, I can watch the kids today while you work. And so she would come over. And again, she was able to continue with the school because I had a schedule and it's all laid out and she can just do it. That's so true. Yeah. And I know we had a similar experience in our house where, you know, when um, I was pregnant with my son and not feeling well, that's kind of when my husband first started stepping in and reading some books. Uh, to our daughter. Uh, she was in, I think, kindergarten, 
preschool, kindergarten, something like that at the time. And so he was like, yeah, I can read some of these books. Well, as time has gone on, you know, he's taken on bigger and bigger things. And um, I credit him with teaching our youngest how to read. I struggled with understanding how my son was looking at the letters and how he was reading them um, because it was not the same way I learned. And my husband sat down with him and he said, oh, I know why he's seeing it this way or why he can't remember the sounds. And so he really took a concerted effort on teaching our son how to read. And I mean, without that, I don't know if he'd be reading now. <laughs> um, but ever since then, um, he started working remotely at the beginning of 2020, you and everybody went remote. And so he really got to see what we were doing every day. And, you know, my work volume went way up at that time. I was in healthcare at the time. And so I was very busy. And so he started stepping in and what do you need? What do you need help with? What can I do? And now we take kind of a tag team approach where, you know, one of us takes one child and the other one takes the other, or, you know, I'll do the language arts and read aloud because that's what I like. And then he'll do science experiments and read math and the things he likes. Um, so yeah, I think it's great that it's flexible and you can kind of work out in your own home, you know, what's going to work. Tender, I love that you mentioned your mom reading some as well. I mean, what's better than a grandmother reading to her grandchildren, mm -hmm. you know, they can learn in all different ways when they're hearing from other people as well. Um, so how can Sunlight's curriculum make it easier to manage working and homeschooling? I know everything already being planned is a big plus for me, um, but how have you guys found that Sunlight's curriculum makes it easier to do all of these different things? We focus a lot on the instructor's guide, having that, that grid for the week, that chart of this is what your week will look like. Here is what to do every day in every subject. For me, trying to work and homeschool and have multiple kids on different levels and all that extra crazy, the glory part of the IG for me is that I can look all the way ahead. So if I have a kid who was like, sorry, I was bored while you were at work. I read that whole book. <laughs> okay, great. Well, then let's talk about it and let's move on to the next book. And so it allows the flexibility because you can not only see what we're doing right now, but you can see what's coming. And not all of those, um, not all the subjects are, are skill subjects the way that math is. For math, I mean, you really have to do this page and then we'll do the next page. You can't really jump ahead. We really need to make sure you master this before we try to master that. But like in reading, I, I have kids who they see that big stack of this year's books and it's like candy, you know? Yes. Can I, can I do the next thing? Can I do the next thing? And so it really keep, helped us keep on track to look at the big picture of the IG and see that book list and, you know, what, and a lot of times it's like, well, if we finish this real early, then we can focus on whatever I've been slacking on because I've been busy, which is usually science experiments. And so like we tend to do that in the spring because that's when a kind of everything else is lightening up because we know what we can work ahead in. Ooh. Yeah, and also um, what I like about it is kind of, like you said, the grid system of having everything in boxes. Um, what our approach has always been is we check things off when they're done, but it's, it doesn't necessarily have to be the whole day. Or, you know, if I've said I'm going to do history this week, I might do the whole week's worth of history in two days. And then we'll skip, you know, something else later on. Um, and because it's all pre-planned and there's notes in there, I don't have to do any of that planning. I did not want to, you know, make my own curriculum or find anything. I wanted to go with what I knew would work and was already planned out. Um, I also love now that my daughter is in middle school, she does a lot of the books on her own. So having those discussion questions, um, you know, on the back of each page to tell me like, what is this book about? So that I don't actually have to read every single book I had is super helpful too. Um, and we've already kind of touched on how children can work independently when you work, but how do you start fostering that independence in your kids, but then also make sure that they're still doing what they're supposed to do and they're not just off playing and not doing their schoolwork when you think they are? <laughs> well, I think that part of, um, you know, what homeschooling is now showing like for college students is that those that were homeschooled, they usually, they do really well in college and it's because 
you know, really homeschooling fostered that independent learning and learning how to be organized. And it's just something that it's kind of built into, hopefully, on how in our culture of what we're doing at home. So that, you know, I have for a long time given all my kids like a, a list of everything we do today, but it, but I let them have some control over what they have enjoyed doing. Like, you know, maybe they want to do math first or if reading's their favorite subject, I can, you know, it's just, this is all the things, or even, you know, practice your music instrument, practice your piano, but it has all of the different things that we want to do every day. And, you know, I put it in a page protector or something, they can check it off and mark it off with a, like a um, dry erase marker and come back the next day and use it. Or if they just need the visual of here's the checklist of this is what we're doing every day. Now, when they're little, sometimes I would be just showing them, you know, they say, here's what we're doing today. And, you know, I might let them choose, oh, you want to do language arts? Okay, do language arts here at the dining room table and I'm folding towels and I'm going to give them the directions of, oh, we're looking at this. We're looking at adverbs and I'll give them, read the instructions to them. And then while they're reading through the sentences and circling adverbs, they're working independently, but I'm really kind of close. You know, I'm sitting here folding towels. But as they get older, I don't have to be so close or tethered or remind them, you know, that, I, you know, instead of for every subject, ask them, okay, now what are we going to work on next? Get that out. You know, that I can just say, here's what you've done. And then, you know, now as they're in middle school and high school, I can say, hey, did you get these things done? Or do you have any questions? Let's review. Let me talk to you about what you read today. And, you know, I can just touch in and just know, you know, or let me grade your work now and I can look at it and review it and then, oh, they've got it or, oh, wait, we need to review a little something that I can just touch in with them. But they know they had their list and they knew what they were supposed to do. And so it kind of goes from when they're little, you're teaching them, but you're just doing one thing at a time and you're kind, you're pretty close as you're monitoring them. And then as they get older, you can, it fosters that independence that when they're in high school, I mean, I just, now I have some in high school that I had to still, you know, really check. I need at the end of the week, I need, we need to review everything. I need to look at your paper. I need to know that everything is finished because otherwise, oh, I would forget, you know, I just had some kids that they couldn't keep it all in their head and they would forget what they were supposed to do. But I have some that are just super organized and they have it all done. And I, and I really don't have to do too much other than just, you know, grade math and, you know, review their papers. Yep. Yep. I agree. And I have both kinds of kids too. I had some that would forget. So a lot of times, um, whatever their activity was, like if they were playing basketball or whatever, that was contingent upon the work, like before basketball, I need to see all your work. I, it needs to all be done or I'm not driving there. And right. miraculously that, um, you know, that got quicker results than, than just kind of random checking or even daily checking, because if they knew it was tied to something they really wanted, they got real responsible real fast. Um, right. I, I totally agree that when, this is really a, a, a long-term goal of mom's leash being lengthened because when I started what you call fostering independence, it was like, I'm going to go potty. When I come back, I want you to still be in this chair. Right. That's the goal. That's the entire goal, you know? And like six months later, it was like, when I come back, I want the next two math problems to be done. And, you know, then they like went on to college and adulting and they're wildly successful, but it started with like, I'm, I'm going to leave the room for 45 seconds. And if nothing is on fire, when I come back, everybody wins. That's right. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> like That's really, really where it starts. And it's a long road. So if you have a four-year-old or a six-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 12-year-old and you feel like, why am I not there yet? Because you're not there yet. That's totally normal. Just so you know, that's completely normal. They will be adults eventually. Probably not today. Exactly. Yeah. And I think knowing what your kids are capable of, I mean, every kid has a different personality and some are, you know, great from an early age. I know my 
daughter read early and then, you know, was doing a lot of work on her own when she was probably third or fourth grade. My son is in second grade now and still has to sit right next to me to stay on task. Um, otherwise, he'll be, see his chair back here, or right here, um, next to me so that he can actually sit here and do his math while I'm working because otherwise he'll just sit there, you know, staring yep. off and not doing what he's supposed to do. Yep. Um, so yeah, starting small and, and figuring out what your kids are capable of. I love what you said, Jen, about, you know, I'm going to go to the bathroom. You have two math problems. That's all you have to do, but get it done before I come back. And once you see that your kids can do that, you can move on to, you know, the whole math lesson or handwriting and, yep. You know, and I would say, yeah, definitely uh, start with you kind of doing all the reading and making sure the kids are understanding it before you try to hand that off. Um, but then, yeah, once they get a little bit older, you can start turning over some of the reading to them. My daughter has been taking her readers to bed with her for years, and she reads that before she goes to sleep and then answers questions the next day. Yep. So I know every homeschool parent might be apprehensive about falling behind too, especially like Sunlight it has a ton of books, a ton of materials in that IG and things that you cover. But this is especially an issue, I think, if your schedule is really tight when you are trying to work and homeschool at the same time. So how do you stay on track with finishing your year when you want to or doing what you want to each week and not just falling further and further behind? Well, I think, you know, Jen said like that 36 week schedule is awesome. And, you know, sunlight gives you the ability to do four day weeks or five days where there's just a few less readers. And in the history Bible literature, if you choose like a four day versus a five day, now that is all up until they reach, you reach the brink of high school, then everything is five days because you just have to get it there's no, it's hard to condense high school. Okay. So you can enjoy those four day, um, in, you know, in the younger years. And so we did a lot of four day schedules, but, um, you know, even the five day high school schedules, we're still sometimes kind of condensing, like you say on, you know, we know that we're going to have this one day where we're just out a lot of the day, or we're doing co-op or whatever that might look like. And so we just really, we buckle down and get, the other things done the rest of the days of the week and we fit and squeeze that into our schedule but being able to look ahead and know you know and again as we touched on at the beginning it doesn't have to look like a regular school year so we have all of the material and what we need to fit in but if it takes you know into the summer that is quite all right and um, we never finish like all five subjects all at the same time. Like Jen said, you know, we, you have that where you end up in the spring that you uh, certain things like we've read or we're ahead in certain things. Or is it math? Because we just do math every day regardless. And so math is ends up you finish that early and then you just have these other things so that you can double up. And finish if you're doing like a traditional school year, but you can also work through, put those 36 weeks and you just kind of spread it out throughout a whole year. That's quite all right to do. So there's just all sorts of um, ways to be able to do what you need to have done and get it done either in a traditional school year or to school all year. And because of our family schedule, schooling in the summer does not work at all. <laughs> we simply cannot. And so um, my option is sometimes to let it go. Sometimes mm -hmm. we do not read every single book and we do not do every single assignment. And I live with that. And I know that a lot of people are like horrified and that's okay. But I, I think the nature of education is that there's no point at which you're ever going to say, we have now done everything. We have learned all the things and we are finished. And so if we don't get it all done, that's, we got most of it done and getting most of it done in this homeschool format, which I feel like has always been the optimal way for my family is even getting most of it done is way better than making any other choice. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we just are not perfect. And that is, I have just decided that is okay, even though there's part of my brain that wigs out a little. I've just decided that right. if, we, if we can't work in the summer and we do not get every single thing done, 
so be it. Yeah, Jen excellent point. Sunlight gives us more, even more than we need. And so it is okay. There are some, and Jen and I are probably on that line that we want <laughs> that every box, we want to read every question, all yep. the notes. But it is okay if you don't get to all of it. And your child is still going to be well-educated, even though they didn't, you know, they read 23 of the 26 books on that year. You know, so you have to realize that they are still going to be okay. And they might have some holes by the time they reach college. You know, you might not have covered every subject, but what you did give them was you gave them all the tools to fill in any little holes or gaps they might have had. Because we've shown them, oh, where do you go find information? Books. Let's read about what we don't, you know, know. And let's research. We've done that because we fostered that all throughout their homeschooling years. Yeah. So even if you miss something, it's going to be okay because you left them with all the tools they need yeah. to be able to say, Oh, I don't understand this enough. Let me do some more reading on it. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, I love to say once you can read, you can learn anything because you just have to find out yeah, where to learn it. And I know it is hard to let go of things, but I have found the longer I homeschool and the more I see what my kids are learning, it does get easier because then you realize, oh my gosh, they are learning and they're ahead of, you know, their peers in many ways. So if I skip, you know, this one little thing, it's not going to be the end all be all, you know, and ruin the rest of their life or anything. Um, also when you homeschool, I mean, lots of people have opinions about it anyway, and they often feel that it's okay to share them with you. I mean, I found when I started homeschooling, I was getting feedback from everyone I ever met about, <laughs> you know, my decision to homeschool, but when you choose to work on top of it too, that's a whole added layer. So how do you keep the naysayers from getting to you and from feeling that pressure of everyone else's expectations? I um, got some good advice early from uh, an experienced homeschool mom, and I learned to say, huh, that's really interesting. <laughs> Very good advice. Like, I don't let the, those naysayers have no, no power over me. If it is not somebody I would ask for advice, it is probably not somebody from whom I'm willing to ingest criticism. People are right. going to say all kinds of stuff online, in person. Um, you know, I have occasionally said, did you mean to say that out loud? <laughs> and, you know, they raise their kids the way they choose to. And I respect that. And I, that, yeah, I just don't let it in. Yes. I think Jen makes an excellent point. And it's awesome to just, you know, to be able to just, smile and nod and let them, you know, and just don't, you can pray about, you know, and you and talk with your spouse and, you know, and you can have, you know, are we doing the best for our family? And that's up between the, you know, you talking with your husband and with, um, and praying about it. But I am so glad that we live in a country where it is, there is so much freedom here and we can, and it can look different and it's okay. And it can be different from other people's experience and, um, you know, and what works for us may, would not work for someone else. And we get to figure that out and kind of flush it out in our, in our home. And, and so it can look different and it, and it really is okay. Yeah. And I love that you both made the distinction that, you know, I'm choosing to homeschool my children and work, but that doesn't mean I'm telling you, you have to do that. Right. You know, and by the same token, don't tell us what we should do because this is what's best for our family. Um, so I think, you know, we have been fortunate in our home. I was homeschooled one year and my sister was for a few years. So my family was right on board with us. Um, but I know my husband's family, we kind of had to work through that with them of, you know, this is our home. This is what we're doing with our children. We're not telling you what to do with our nieces and nephews or your grandchildren, you know, the other kids, but, but this is what we're doing. So and you may have to do some of that if it's coming from your own family. But like you said, Jen, if it's online, you know, just ignore it <laughs> or, you know, that's your opinion. This is what I'm going to do. So, <laughs> and Jen, you mentioned that your kids um, have activities in the summer that keep you from being able to do school. So this one, I think, is a great question about like extracurricular activities 
-hmm. you know, obviously kids in school get to do extracurriculars or if you're homeschooling and, you know, you have the time to do extracurriculars, that might be something your kids want to do or tender. You mentioned a co-op. How do you get those activities in when your time is already on a short supply because you're working also? I have had to prioritize. Um, I have two children for whom um, their sports were as necessary to their happiness as their math. Like, no kidding. Um, uh, karate and soccer are cheaper than therapy and work better. And um, so I had to prioritize and I arranged my schedule around making things happen. Um, also though, I mean, carpooling is your friend. Um, I quit club soccer 18 months before my oldest son did. I went to his coach and I said, I, I just don't have the time to drive to the next state to be gone two days every weekend. I have other kids. I have other commitments. Um, and he said, uh, don't pull him. We'll I'll drive him wherever we need to go. Okay. And so I became the local carpool mom. Like if your kid needed a ride home from practice on Thursday, I would totally drive anywhere in town but I never ever went to a game after that that was out of town. Um, it takes a village. There were also things, I'm not gonna lie, I had to say no to. Um, every year, my, my daughter swims for um, her public high school team and she swims summers and every one of her coaches comes to me and says, she needs to be doing club swimming. And she's not because uh, it's a bazillion dollars and even if I had the bazillion dollars, it's all different times, all over town, eight days a week, literally like seven days and an extra workout on one day. And I can't, and I, I say no. And mm -hmm. so some things work and some things don't. And again, that just has to be okay. Right. And I think, you know, like Jen said, if you got to prioritize, what are your big rocks? You know, when you fill up that jug of your week, what is that going to look like, you know, school and work or some of those big rocks, you know, and, um, and, and like she said, you know, that we see that soccer or those outside things, I have some basketball players that those are, those are big because they benefit the student and mom, you know, with being able to have all this energy, um, to release. And so that those are very valuable. So those end up being kind of large and we put them in. And then, um, you know, what, what are the things that fall by the wayside? Well, you know, I do have a family member that uh, had remarked one time that I would have a cleaner house and that, you know, if I didn't have, if we didn't school at home and that's very true. I mean, if I didn't have, if we weren't living here and doing life in our house, um, it would stay cleaner if we were all left the house for eight hours, you know, every day, but you know, this is just, uh, in our life and what in my priority, um, you are going to probably visit my house and you will see dust. I mean, or you will see a mess and it's just because we live here. And so that is a lower prioritized, uh, you know, I do not have a spotless house. So that is a little rock. And sometimes it doesn't make it for the week, you know, or fit in. So, you know, you just have to figure out what are the things that you get your big rocks first, and then we'll see what little things fall in. Yeah. And some of them just won't make the cut, you know, because it's just in this season or we say no to certain activities. Like Jen says, you know, we, what are the most important for our kids? And we say, okay, we're going to, these are the activities, but you're not going to be involved in, you know, four sports or, you know, you have get to have your one that you're involved in. So each family is different and you make that part. What are your priorities and then there are going to be things that won't make the cut. You know, no, you can't do theater and do a sport, you know, one or the other. Yeah, Amen. yeah that's so true. <laughs> yeah, picking your priorities. And like you said, start with the big things, figure out how they can be fit in and then everything else kind of fit in around it. Um, and I love that you mentioned the clean house too, because I always, when my house is messy, I'm like, well, this is a phase in my life. One day my kids will be grown and gone. And they won't be here making messes all day. And then I will have the clean house that I love, you know, <laughs> but at this time, you know, it's more important that I have that relationship with my kids and they feel like they can spread out and do their school all over the dining room table. Our table is only cleaned up if people are coming over to eat. Otherwise it's covered <laughs> all the time. Exactly. Just yep. the way it is. So 
I mean, it can always be overwhelming or exhausting um, homeschooling anyway, but especially when you're working, you're allocating so much of yourself to other people, your job, your kids, your spouse, all of that. So how do you get time to yourself or how do you recharge (laughs) to make sure that, you know, you are able to keep handling that pace? (laughs) (laughs) Make a lot of assumptions. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So maybe not by yourself, (laughs) because it is hard to bring time to yourself, but But yeah, but how do you keep going, you know, without burning the candle at both ends to the point that you can't keep doing this? I, I think that I want to say something like grand and, and meaningful about actually how to balance it. And I got nothing. I will say, um, it's a priority for me. Homeschooling is a priority. I am almost done. And I, I still see the, the value in it and I still see the beauty in it and it is still important to me and therefore I still make it work. And I sacrifice the clean house and I sacrifice the career money and I sacrifice uh, the time and I know, but you know what, in all the phases of my life with all my, especially with my kids who are already uh, out of the house, I have never regretted it for one second. I have never looked back and thought, should have worked more, should have put the kids in daycare, should have put the kids in school, never. For a lot of reasons that are you know, particular to me and you would have different reasons that are particular to you. But at this point, I can see that I've never regretted it. And so to just keep going is worth it. But I'm... I mean, I don't know if you guys are having the same experience, but like working and homeschooling and the multiple kids and the husband working at home and all the pandemic fatigue, like I'm, I'm burning the candle at both ends right now. Yeah. And I, you know, and I guess it just, you have to look. And as you said, Sunny, that really that work outlet is a source of kind of self-care because it gives you that outside thing that, you know, you just, we're, we might be doing it because yes, we need you, like Jen said, but there is part of it too, is that we want to, because we enjoy, hopefully it is, if you're doing it, I I sure hope it's something you enjoy (laughs) because if it's not, you know, we need to be, you need to be praying about, okay, Lord, if I need to work, can I do something that I enjoy? Um, because that really, I, that would be a drag to not. And, and like Jen said, I still like it. Homeschooling is just so important to me that, you know, it's worth the sacrifices. Um, and it's, I wouldn't, I would not want to be anywhere else or working outside the home or full-time where I didn't get to spend time with them. And, you know, in the whole scheme of things, when you step back and this is a short period of time, your kids growing up, and if you're around and able to um, be involved and time is our most valuable asset we have to give to our kids. So um, Jen's right that when you look back on this really, really busy season and that you're burning the um, candle at both ends, I don't think you're going to regret. I don't think I'm going to regret it. And Jen said, and she's not going to regret it that we said, oh, we stayed home and we were with our kids. That's not going to be one of the things that you regret. Um, so I just, I think it's so worth it. And I mean, I just, and sometimes it's just, do you need to in yourself, like foster, you know, wake up and say, what am I thankful for? And just re you need to just remind yourself and do that you know, the coaching or the thinking positively, you know, yes, thank you, Lord, that I get to um, be at home. And thank you that my husband doesn't mind me staying at home and doing this. And thank you that I have a skill set that I can, you know, earn some money. And so sometimes that's the the care that we need to take is some of that talk in, that goes on in our head of just like, why are we doing this? And it's that coaching, you know, that we're doing to our kids a lot of times, but sometimes mom might need it too, of yes, this I'm doing this so that we can have these com- meaningful conversations when they want to come in at 11 o'clock at night and tell me <laughs> about something, you know, and you'd rather go to bed, but realize that, oh, this is what I'm doing this for is I have a teenage son or daughter that wants to come in and talk to me about some important 
relationship issues. So that's what I'm going for. And, and so that's, I don't know, that's my things that come to mind. Yep. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Everything Mm -hmm. is every, and, and that right now keeps me going because I have a grown son who is newly married and who is texting me so that we can make plans for Christmas. He is starting it. He is initiating it because um, I mean, and he was not a perfect student and he was not a perfect kid and I was never a perfect mom, but that man knows that I sacrificed and that I would throw myself under a bus for him in a heartbeat. And we don't have to agree. And he doesn't have to love every decision I ever made because the relationship that we have from the time we spent together is literally everything to me. Yeah. And I think what you're saying there too, yeah, you build that relationship over the time spent together. It's not like a, now we're going to work on a relationship. You know, it it naturally develops (laughs) and grows with that time that you get to spend homeschooling your kids. And so, yeah, for me, I've always held on to why do I want to do this? Like if I'm stressed and, oh my goodness, I don't know how I can go on. It's well, why am I doing it? What's important, you know, Mm -hmm. and that relationship with my kids is so important you know, so that I, I'm not going to give that up unless, you know, I hear from God otherwise and we're going to keep going, you know, and, and so, and then prayer too. I mean, when you feel like you're at your wits end and you don't know what to do, you know, God help me get through this day, or I'm exhausted, you know, help me to get rest so that tomorrow I can come back and, and get at it. And, and then relying on your village, your, you know, other homeschool mom friends, your spouse, you know, grandparents, whoever, you know, is around that can maybe help, you know, with some of those things, don't be afraid to outsource, you know, whether it's school or somebody coming over to, you know, watch the kids while you clean or, you know, whatever situation you have going on in your home. So ladies, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing so many great ideas about how you can work in homeschool. Um, And I think we've all said it's been so rewarding for us. So we're hoping that it will help others, you know, in this situation or those that may be considering it. And I really appreciate everything you brought today. Thank you, Sunny.